Welcome to our podcast series, Stories from the Field. I'm your host, Joy Keita, and with me today is Ron Pierce. Good to be back with you, Joy. Hi, Ron. This is one of my favorite podcasts to do, and today I know you already have a title. It's called Healing from the Jungles of Vietnam. Well, yeah, and what happened was, this is going back in the archives a little bit for this story because it happened quite a few years ago. Um, I have met this gentleman throughout the years when I would go back to Vietnam, and it, the story has been verified over and over and over again. Mm. So, therefore, this is not something new I'm just bringing up here for the first time. But here we go. What it was was that um, he was a young evangelist, married, couple of kids, and he was working in the jungles of Vietnam, especially along the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which was the trail that went from North Vietnam to South Vietnam along the border with Laos and Cambodia. And this is where supplies during the Vietnam War were taken down from communist north Mm. all the way through this trail, which went from very narrow trail, just a horse trail, all the way up to almost like a small road. And it would go through that whole area and supplies for the Viet Cong, um, the communist forces in the south, they were supplied via this road. So the U.S. and the Vietnamese armies, they would uh, fight there, they would bomb there, they would do all these things. Have you been there before? I've been on the road many times. Oh, Uh, yeah, it's... um, in various areas. Mm-hmm. And so this was quite a common thing. Today, they're actually making it into a four-lane highway. Oh. Um, <laughs> work has been underway for a long, long time. And they're unearthing tribes and groups and, and um, whole people groups that they didn't even know existed before. Really? And it's really quite something. So anyway, back to the story. Though. Okay. Here we go. So this is the environment that he was working in, and this was many years ago. And he would go in and he would be praying for people for healing. And when I first met him, I asked him, I said, so is this a, a part of your ministry that you centra, you know, make central? And he says, well, so many people were sick in the villages. And he says, when I would go in to see them, he says, I noticed that they would be sick, taken to the hospital, and many of them would die. So he says, just out of deep compassion, mm-hmm. he says, I knew that Jesus healed. So he went and he would be starting to pray for these people, and many of them were healed. Well, then he said he went and besought God for the gift of healing that he mm-hmm. saw in the Bible, and First uh, Corinthians especially. And he says, I asked the Lord for that gift because I really needed this gift to minister in this part where there was a lot of sickness. Well, he went out afterwards, and he would go into villages, and he would be praying for the sick, and these people were healed, wow. not just one or two, but almost all the time. And he would be praying and praying and praying. So this one time, he says, he went into this one area, and he knew that there were some older established Christians in there, but they were very, very poor. And this was about 50 or 60 kilometers away from civilization at So in all. the jungle. This is right in the jungle, okay. right in the backwoods uh, at, the, at the foot of the mountains, um, okay. uh, Central Highland there sort of area. And he went into this area, and he knew they were poor. And so he would go in, and he took them some supplies. He took them some needles and some thread and some salt. And he realized that these people were so poor, they only grew— um, chickens and pigs, and use those for 
for local usage because the market was so far away. Mm-hmm. And they would get their crops and they would eat um, roots and leaves and various things of that nature. They had no money for clothes that much, just mm-hmm. a little bit. And the problem was is that the children, they didn't have much to wear at all, if anything. Mm-hmm. And so this was a poor, poor area. So he goes in there, he takes these gifts of love, and he goes in to share with the other people that didn't know the Lord about Jesus. And so he goes in, well, the people were overwhelmed, and they had never seen this. They were crying. He was crying, he says. Mm -hmm. And he says all these unbelievers were watching all this and the sharing that he was doing with all these people. And so he says they had a big banquet. And they had a feast, and they killed a, a pig and some chickens, and they had a the big feast. Right. Well, that night, he says, the people came, and he started to pray for them. And many of these people that were sick were healed. These are unbelievers, believers too, I'm sure. Right. And they were being healed instantaneously on the spot. Well, so much so, he says, that that night, 170 people accepted Christ on that first night in there. And overall, within the next little while, 500 people came to Christ. In this and area. In this area, right in that little clump of people. And there probably been a little village here, a little village mm-hmm. there, you know, but it's mm-hmm. it's a smattering in the jungle. And he says, we started churches. And these people just couldn't believe that a God that loved him, um, loved them so much, would first of all be given gifts from this stranger who mm-hmm. loved them, but also God loved them enough to heal them of all these diseases that they had. And so this really opened their ears not that they were deaf, but right. spiritually they were deaf. And God just opened their ears in this way. Well, he told me afterwards as, as well, and I, I sort of wrote down some numbers as quick as I could on this one. But here it is. So he says, I went to another village, and 50 people accepted Christ after we prayed. Then he says, I went to another village in 95. Went to another village, 100. Another village, 75. And I'm scrambling to write mm-hmm. these down. And then he ends with, and there was another village way off, and 150 people accepted Christ there, and they sent people out to other villages to bring people from afar to to be prayed for, and so that they could see the power of God in their midst. So was he healing people? Is that how they were yeah. becoming saved? He was just praying. And this is a humble guy. Here's oh. where we jump off now, okay? okay? Because he was the most humble guy you'll ever meet. And he always pointed to Jesus as the source of this healing, not himself. Mm-hmm. And because I asked him, I said, well, is everybody healed? And in his eyes, yeah, everybody's healed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was really something. And so, you know, I was expecting, I'll be honest with everybody listening to this. I've seen people with gifts of healing over here in the West here. And there, there's a tendency, I'll put it that way. There's a tendency that their ego and their pride goes off scale mm-hmm. when they see the legitimate gift of healing coming through them, and they get an ego problem, and um, they're very proud of it. Right. Well, this guy did not have this. Mm-hmm. This guy was as humble as can be, and he says, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. I just pray, and Jesus heals them, Jesus heals them. So constantly, right. he was pointing people through the miracles to a God that loved them. And this is what I'm trying to share with folks is the maturity of their situation over there. These are very, very simple people in the middle of a jungle, probably not much education. They know that there's a God or a force or something out there that created them. They don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. So he goes into the midst and he's telling them, 
the one that made this, who made you, who loves you. There's a God up there, Mm -hmm. one God, not the sticks and the trees and the clouds, those items that they were worshiping as animists. But this is a God up there that loves you, and he's going to prove it to you that he loves you. And not just by my gifts that I, little trinkets that I bring in to help you. No, it's the message he sent his son. And now he's sending healing to show you that he's alive and he is supernatural. Mm -hmm. That supernatural element opens their eyes and their ears to the gospel. And still they have to come to faith like everyone else. And that is the whole purpose of why I'm telling you and the folks listening this story right now is the fact that if we can keep out of the miracle, and if we just can be a channel for God to bless the people that are hungry for him, we will be used and God will continue to use us. But get the ego out of the way. Right. Suppress it. It's not us doing this. It is Jesus. And when we ask God for a miracle, don't go looking for a way to write a book around it. <laughs> don't go looking for a way to, to, uh, to, to brag about what God did through me. No, that's well, not the point of this. We wouldn't at all. even know about this story. So he certainly wasn't going oh. on television and oh, no. advertising. No, this guy, this guy right. in, in Vietnam, if he walked up and sat down right joy with us in the studio right now, um, he would sit there and you would see him uh, worn out shoes. I'm just picturing him in my mind mm-hmm. as I remember him. And, and he had a terrible haircut, I remember that. <laughs> and um, he had no dental plan at all. <laughs> and um, he, he was not dirty, but he wasn't polished. Right. And he had very poor clothes. And he would sit here and his hands and his, I remember how he was just rough. Mm-hmm. But God never chose polished to work through. He chose his rough sometimes, mm-hmm. and the simple, and the uncomplicated, and those people who are just humble in spirit, and that's the one that God is looking for to work through. So that's why I share this story with my friends today. So he, he comes to the villages, his message is the gospel, and the then the healing comes second, exactly. and the people came to him. I, I wonder if it wasn't a promise. If you accept Jesus, you you can be healed necessarily. It was they heard the gospel message and that's always a hard part. Right. There's always a hard part in this, and I'm sure Jesus said the same thing. Yeah, he said it was almost like, "Do you love me, or do you love what I'm going to do for you?" Mm-hmm. And that was throughout the gospels, and I'm sure he faced the same thing. But you don't stop with that and say, "Well, then I'm not going to pray for anybody." Mm-hmm. No, you pray, you point people to Jesus. What they do with that sometimes is up to them and up to God. Right. And you just do what you're called to do. We, we, we share the love of Jesus in the gospel with words. After that, we pray for people because we love them and God loves them. Mm-hmm. The results of that, um, you sort out as time goes on, but you always keep pointing to Jesus, always. It's amazing to me that um, there's always such a movement of God in the outskirts, in the, mm-hmm. in the villages, in yes. the remote areas. Yes. Why do you Why think? Is that? Yeah. yeah. There's so many distractions in the cities, materialism. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I, I believe in doctors, so don't get me wrong with this at all. And uh, uh, many times we get accustomed to the fact that we go to a doctor or a hospital for healing first. Mm-hmm. Well, in that part of the world, they have witch doctors, they have false medicine, they have false gods. And they're in the middle of nowhere. And who do they cry out to? They call out to God. They call out to Jesus. Mm. I remember one time I was in, 
I was in a village. This, this is in Vietnam as well. And a young pastor and his wife had its little baby was sick, very, very sick, probably to the point of death. And they didn't have anything. We drove into the village. I got out of the car with the pastor. And um, John is, the, I'll give him that name, John. Um, John took me, and they were a small group of people, mm-hmm. um, probably the church in that town. And um, we go behind the, the hut, and here's the father, who was the pastor. And he had the baby in his hands, and he raised the baby up to the Lord. And they had nowhere else to turn. Mm. They had no medicine. They had nothing. They were surrounded by witch doctors. There was an antagonistic, um, threatening group of people in that village. The communist forces were strong. Mm-hmm. And he, he held the baby up. Mama was crying right beside him. People were on their knees, and they prayed. And we stood at the back, and I watched. And as, as they prayed... They started to cry and they started to pray stronger mm-hmm. with joy, brought the baby down after, I guess it would be about five or 10 minutes. And she looked at the baby and the baby was healed. Mm-hmm. And the, everything that was on the skin that was on the skin before uh, was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the baby was breathing again. It had life in it. Before, when they raised it, it was, it was virtually at the edge of death. Don't know what it was. I'm no doctor, mm-hmm. but I knew the baby was dying. And now it was alive. Its eyes were open. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was only probably, I would say, a few weeks and maybe a month or two right. old. So I remember that. And they walked in. <laughs> we met them afterwards. They didn't even know we were there. We, they walked in. We sat at the back uh, in his house there. And uh, the church was rejoicing, sort of like, yep, we prayed. Everything's good now. <laughs> it was just sort of like they took it for granted in one way, yeah. but not in another way. Right. They took it that God would heal. And if they cried out to the Lord, the Lord would do something. But then they didn't stop there and worship the miracle. Right. They just were in talking about Jesus and how God was working in their midst, etc. So life uh-huh. just goes on after that. And it just seems that the Lord just loves to delight. He just delights in doing these healings. And we're not going to hear about it in North America. And he's doing it yeah. for no purpose except to, to heal this child and to affect the village. We are not the focus, the total focus of God's attention in the world. <laughs> not everything revolves around those of us in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Uh, there's another 98% of the world out there <laughs> that God loves too. All right, guys. Well, um, this has been our Stories from the Field podcast. And as always, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>